Hey, what's up everybody out there in podcast land? Adam Bush here. Welcome to another episode of the Kid Men Podcast. Hey, this has been an awesome year of helping us all get better at teaching kids the gospel, um, doing it creatively, and uh, just telling the story of the gospel. Uh, thanks so much for listening this year. Got another great episode for you. Uh, today we're talking to Kendra Fleming, who is the Director of Children's Ministry at North Point Church. Pastor Andy Stanley's church, just outside of Atlanta, Georgia. Today, we're having a conversation about communicating to kids and working with volunteers who communicate with kids. How do you find them and how do you train them? And what do you do when it's not going so well? I think this is just such an awesome topic to to listen to. And so we're about to get into that. Hey, if you like the podcast, if you've enjoyed season one, then rate us on iTunes and SoundCloud. And uh, of course, you can always connect with me at theambushgroup.com. There you can find uh, kids ministry blogs, types of kids ministry projects that we work on. And um, and then you can email, you know, maybe you just want to say, hey, I'll take a hey. So all that said, let's get into the podcast, talking to Kendra Fleming. Here we go. Hey, today I got Kendra Fleming from North Point with me. Kendra, how's it going? Good. How are you? I am so good. Hey, we've been talking about getting together for a couple months now. I'm glad to finally talk to you. We've both been in kids ministry and, and cross paths for, for years now. And yeah. um, uh, I love the work that you guys are doing, of course. And um, I was really excited to talk to you because um, you uh, have a unique perspective um, on kids ministry, specifically when it comes to excellence and working in a very large church, working with multiple campuses, and then uh, working with a lot of volunteers. So today, that's what we're going to talk about. But for our podcast listeners, just kind of right out of the gate, I want you to tell us just a little bit about yourself and how you got into this crazy world of kids ministry. Sure. So um, I have been and a part of North Point Ministries for almost 17 years now. So we have six churches and a busy, fun kids ministry and a really awesome staff team. And before that, I was in Virginia Beach for about 11 years. So obviously, uh, kids ministry is my passion and calling because I've devoted a lot of years to it. So yeah, that's awesome. Anyway, you're you're yeah. in it. You're in it to win it. So let's talk about a couple of different aspects of it. Number one, yeah. um, you've got a lot of classes uh, within mm-hmm. each campus that, that mm-hmm. your um, volunteers are communicating mm-hmm. In. Uh, so we understand the way that you guys are structured with volunteers. Kind of talk me through what a classroom looks like in regards to um, the volunteers authority and the volunteers role. So in a typical classroom, we, we are uh, small group, large group oriented. So every eight to 10, we'll just talk about elementary for a minute. Um, they are circled up in a small group. They have at least one small group leader. Some of them have two that share a group together. And in our rooms are large size. And so it is not unusual to have 10 to 12, even some of our bigger rooms to have 15 small groups in there. So that could be anywhere from 80 to 150 kids uh, circled up in small groups in a room. And then um, part of their time, they travel to a large group environment, which our volunteers in that room are like producers of the environment. They're technical volunteers, they're storytellers worship leaders, hosts, all of those people are volunteers in those rooms. And so typically like one grade or two grades will travel to a large group environment and uh, they will worship, they'll have story, they'll play games. uh, 
and we will really set them up well to hopefully go back to their small group and apply and talk about uh, the big idea for the day. So talk to me about um, the uh, individual volunteers who are uh, maybe communicating the the majority of the time within a large group. So um, it's something we've been really working on recently because uh, the bigger we get, you know, I, I don't know about you, but when uh, when we were first starting large group, of course, we look for and kind of hand select our uh, communicators. Yeah. And and we you know, that's sometimes a pretty small pool to fish from. But the bigger <laughs> that we get and the more large group uh, environments that we have, we really have to broaden our search. And we can't just find people who are already good, which is kind of what our strategy was yeah. early on. But we really have to find people with a lot of potential and raise them up and pour into them and develop them uh, to help them do better. And so one thing I've kind of noticed, so we have six churches, we probably easily have like 20 some large groups happening all over the area, um, you know, at each hour on a Sunday morning. And so if, you know, 20, the next service is 20 more, that kind of thing, it's, it becomes challenging to have quality mm. communicators. And so it's just been like a recent challenge. We've, you know, I, I travel around and work on the campuses with them on Sunday and all of our directors do too. And they're just, they run their own show and they're really good at it. Um, but a lot of communication and feedback has been that our, um, sometimes our communicators aren't as strong as they need to be. So there's kind of a, I would say a little bit of a twofold approach. So one part of the approach is that we're always um, taking notes and giving feedback. And I know this is really hard. And a lot of times when I meet with other children's directors, they're like, I just don't feel like I can do that. But um, as someone who is a communicator on the stage for children a lot, you know, I put a lot of work and effort to memorize that script and get in there and be ready. And um, I, I didn't show up to mess up. You know what I mean? So I want their feedback. I want to do it as good as I can do it because I'm giving my time and effort to, you know, do a good job. And so I really try to encourage people a process of feedback, like just get everybody used to it, get everybody comfortable, learn how to deliver it with kindness, um, do it in the rehearsal before the storytelling time if you can. But uh, learning to be good at giving good, clear feedback is very, very important part of helping communicators get better. Um, then I think, so what's happening on Sunday morning is giving good feedback. And then I also think it's really important to record them because I don't know about you, but if I communicate a lot, um, and I go listen to myself, of course, that's always so painful, right. To listen to yourself. But, uh, when I go listen to myself, I realize like, whoa, I just went way too long uh, on that point. Or I feel like that would have been very confusing if you're five years old and I'm telling you that, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of thing. Like I realize, or I talk too fast. That's something I do a lot is I just talk too fast. I didn't give places for the script to breathe and things like that. And so, um, I, we record everybody. And sometimes some of our churches do it really, really well, record and send. And then every once in a while they get kind of lazy about it and don't send it out. And I try to listen to the recordings as often as I can as well, because, um, it really tells me something like, obviously I can't be in 20 places and neither can all of our directors they are running, uh, you know, a big uh, organization on Sunday morning, but it is helpful for all of us to go back and listen to the places where we weren't. I mean, I don't listen to all of them, but I just grab a handful and usually I'm so encouraged. Usually I get off and I'm like, Oh my gosh, that was, these people are so good, you know, but uh, so those are two big things that I think are important 
to help people on a personal level. Um, but then I just think big, large uh, training that is specialized to their skill set uh, or large group training uh, that's specialized to their skill set is pretty important as well. So a couple things that we've done in the past is we've had training where uh, maybe some of our actors and people who are skilled on the stage and kind of know the tricks of of a pause or getting a room, you know, his attention back to you or, uh, you know, working with props really smoothly or whatever all of that is. So we will, you know, we'll bring in experts and we'll go through making sure that we're just re-emphasizing with the whole group uh, how you do that. Probably maybe three, four weeks ago, we brought them all together and we have a method of communication for the whole entire morning that we kind of call the rules of engagement. Uh, it's kind of like picture a funnel in your mind in the beginning of the morning is the widest end of the funnel. But by the end of small group and prayer time at the very end, it's like where we've gotten the most narrow, the most personal, the most relational, um, and hopefully the most uh, application towards the big idea for the day. Uh, and so we spent some time with this whole group, like just reteaching this funnel of communication or this, these rules of engagement, because sometimes as communicators, we think we're the most important thing happening that day. And so uh, either we take more time than we should, um, or we feel like we have to say more than what's in the script because, you know, we're worried that we're going to leave something out important for children or something like that. So I think it's just important to get everybody in the room and like cast vision for like, here's the whole morning. Um, this part isn't your job. This part is the small group leader's job. So you're making a transition to them, but your transition is super important. And um, just being able to communicate like the the strategy, I guess, behind what we're trying to accomplish in the morning to me happens best when we get groups together. So I just feel like that dial of excellence is just always turning. Um, I don't know how much, you know, I know you've done a lot on the stage, Adam, but for me, when I come down off the stage, it's so helpful when somebody is, you know, making me better. Yeah. Just turning, turning that dial a little yeah. bit, going like, "Hey, if you would, if you next time you do that, if oh, you could yeah. slow down on that example, like just make me better." And yeah. Um, it's not personal. Like I, I, I really do walk in there thinking to myself, like I worked as hard as I can, but I am thinking about the script, and you're seeing the whole thing, so you need to tell me, like. So let's just turn that dial and make it better. So that's kind of our strategy for excellence. And and um, you might find anytime you were to pop into any of our rooms that uh, you'll find very seasoned communicators often. And you'll just think, oh, my gosh, they're the best. I can never find someone like that. And you just need to know we probably had them for a long time or else they were already so seasoned mm. and we grabbed them, you know, yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but you also walk in at times and think like, yikes, that they, they don't seem like they are super experienced or overly confident or something like that. And what you need to know is they are probably a rookie who's learning mm. and um, they're probably somebody who came to our, our auditions and we saw a lot of potential in and we thought, like, uh, we're going to keep working with them. And, and you might not know it, but there's probably someone in the back who coached them before and is going to give them feedback after. And um, they're, they're going to keep working with them and uh, trying to get them better. So uh, we always want, like, a home run of excellence. But we have to grow up communicators. Mm -hmm. And they have to be given a chance to keep 
practicing, you know? Yeah. Uh, so it's always like a little bit of both. It's, it's a balancing act for sure. Talk to me about what you're looking for uh, when you say potential, like what are those qualities that you say that mm-hmm. person does have the potential to be a great communicator? So especially for children and, and there's different things for preschool that we're looking for than um, elementary school and even older elementary than younger elementary. But um, a lot of animation, like a lot of ability to kind of control their delivery as far as even if it's not perfect, but they they can sense uh, by reading the script that I should take a big pause. I should make a crazy face. I should, my arm should go wide and I should slow down, you know, whatever, all of that, uh, like their ability to, uh, be able to, even if it's not perfectly done to see, like they're sensing that already, that, that those moments need to be happening. Um, I, I think also just like a real confidence and stage presence, you know, sometimes we'll have people who come to audition who they really love the Bible, which I'm so glad. And they really love children and they just want that role of teaching them truth, but their confidence level to be on a stage with a couple hundred kids and capture their attention, we can just tell isn't there. It doesn't mean they're not a confident person. It just means like that particular role of commanding a stage uh, is not part of their personality makeup, you know, kind of thing. So, um, so we're looking for that. Like a lot of times we'll see like a college kid or even a high school student. We're like, okay, you're like, uh, kind of messy and all over the place and you have no idea how to memorize the script but boy when you hit the stage everybody turns and looks at you <laughs> like they mm-hmm. want you like you you caught their attention and so those are really more the kind of things we're looking for because I personally feel like teaching people uh, the dynamics of learning scripting and teaching them the dynamics of when you pause and how to get kids attention back if you already have a little bit of a sense for uncomfortable being overly dramatic or, you know, making a big step on the stage or getting lowering my voice. Like I'm sensing that that needs to happen, even if I'm not doing it right. Yeah. And if my confidence level makes you want to look up at me, because even if I'm still a hot mess up there, you've got my attention. I usually think those are two things that I feel like, okay, they, they would probably be really good with kids. They just need work, you know? Yeah. So the, the question my, I assume every listener has on their mind right now is how long does it take to train someone from that, from take them from that point to where you want them to be? So, you know, it, it's a little bit all over the place. I, I'm thinking of a young girl that is a high school student that we have right now that we saw was someone with a ton of potential and she was actually even a relatively new believer and new to church. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would say in the last couple of years, so she hadn't grown up in church. And so a lot of things about her whole ministry was like new to her. And um, so what we really did with her is we just paired her up with somebody who is an excellent storyteller, has years of experience. And um, we just said, Hey, in every way, this girl needs your attention. She needs help navigating um, truth. She needs help navigating uh, the dynamics of being a part of a community of believers. And she might need encouragement to jump into um, small groups. And so she needs help on the, the ministry pastoral. Like she needs a friend, but she also has like this excellent communication ability that you have. And so we really look at these opportunities as not just to hone their skill, but to really like form a bond and a relationship with people that we love. Because I, I, I mean, we all ultimately believe that serving grows your faith and it's an excellent way to just jump in and 
you know, grow in your relationship with your Heavenly Father and all of those things. So it takes longer than you think, especially if you're going to pour into it in a relational way, which I think you should do. Um, so somebody like this young girl that I'm thinking of, we paired her up. I mean, she's probably, I mean, now she's really good friends with this other storyteller and they're very close, but I would say it was a good five, six months before she really hosted on the stage alone. Um, because she just wasn't good enough and ready quite. And she still was a little messy and young in some of, uh, some of what she does, but she's so much better. So we paired her up with this other communicator who does it every week. We kind of put her in there to help. We put this girl in our backstage meetings. We prep scripts. We tell her, like, here's what I'm thinking about doing. We treat her like you're helping, right? So here's what I'm thinking about doing. Come watch me on this rehearsal. How do you feel like it goes? What would you change? We help her get used to that, you know, uh, level of feedback where people are giving you feedback and you might feel self-conscious, all those things. And then at times we had her host with someone else on the stage. At times we had her even in rehearsal, get up and just rehearse like it, she was doing it. And then pretty soon we just let her go, you know, and it took a while. And I think if you saw her now, you would think, wow, she's really great and so young. But if you saw her maybe six mm -hmm. months ago, you might have thought, ooh, she needs some work still, you know? Yeah. So how do yeah. you, I mean, I've been there before. How, how do you, I'll, I'll just say it. How do you suffer through those weekends where it is mm -hmm. not to the standard you want it to be? It's hard. I'm not going to lie. I, I uh, Several weeks ago, I was at one of our locations and uh, I just popped in and sat in the back in a kindergarten and first grade room. And the communicator was very confusing and not at all where I wanted to be. And I, I was like, oh, my goodness, because we had a hundred and some kindergarten and first graders in that room. And I felt like there's no way they understood what we were just talking about. Yeah. <laughs> um, and part of it was our script writing might have been a little bit too creative. Um, we were uh, parodying something that brought some other characters in. Uh, but I honestly heard other communicators do it and listened to a lot of recordings and they nailed it. So it really was a communicator that was struggling. And so kind of twofold on this particular day, I don't always... I'm not always the one who gives the feedback right to the communicator because they potentially have relationships with their own teammates there that, you know, that will give it. But on this particular day, there weren't other people there and he was going to tell it the next service as well. And um, I, I just didn't think that that could happen. And so I just, you know, grabbed him and talked to him in between and said, we've got about 45 minutes we have two options. I can really coach you and help you and we can work through the script or um, I can get someone else to do it. So that was like an extreme hard example mm -hmm. of someone who just okay. wasn't doing well. And we coached him to death and he did it the next hour and improved tremendously. So I do think at times you have to suffer through it, but you cannot have in your mind that it's okay because they're inexperienced. So I think when you know that you have some poor communicators, you have to be even overly committed to the coaching and the time it's going to take to help them at least be able to deliver in a clear way that's mostly engaging. Um, if you feel like somebody like this particular person that I worked with, he definitely needed a lot of coaching. Um, but by the time I kind of left that and someone else was really working with him and coaching with him in my mind and my heart, I wondered if he really was in the right seat on the bus. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. And I think sometimes you have to be in the room and you, um, you have to be honest with yourself. And those are some tough conversations, but you have to decide like, um, 
you know, I know the training process they went through to get there. And I know that they were buddied up with someone. And I know that really, if, if there's a, there's a capability there that should have gotten them on the path to not being too painful in the room. You know what I mean? Um, So it is, it is a very fine line. I mean, like I said, I feel like this particular person probably doesn't need to be a storyteller and that was probably going to be a tough conversation, but like this younger high school girl I was telling you about, she's green and you can tell it, but she's still engaging. She's still clear. Um, You know, so even though I might be in a little bit of pain, I, I remember she said something that was like very slang oriented that we would never say to kids. And I was like, oh, you know, so even though I might like cringe a little bit, uh, uh, it's still worth it to keep putting her up there because I can just see she's going to get better and better. You know what I mean? What about when it when it doesn't work out and those failures where you feel like you do, you have put a lot into somebody and in the end it uh-huh. just isn't it doesn't work. I mean, how how does it make you feel and what do you do? I, I, we do feel really awful, but I do think that our, our culture, when it is done right, is a culture of feedback and communication and relationship. And one thing I felt kind of bad, that example I was giving you earlier about um, the communicator that I thought um, might have struggled a little bit, is I do think he was left too much on his own and wasn't really in a culture of continuing feedback and development mm-hmm. because that particular location was a little shorthanded. Um, that's always so much harder when you're in that situation. I do think the conversations are hard when you, when you feel like someone's not going to make it. But I personally feel like you normally know that faster and it is healthier to go ahead and tell them that and get them to a new seat than to keep trying. Um, so that probably just comes with a lot of experience from all of our teams of working with storytellers. But when we audition somebody and we're like a lot of potential and then we work, work, work through our process and we just can see that they're not getting it. We usually don't wait um, until they're all the way on the stage multiple times in a row, you know, kind of thing. We, We usually talk to them sooner, but those conversations always go better when we poured into them. They know we love yeah. them. We find a different seat on the bus that we know they'll thrive in. And so we don't just cut them off and leave it hanging. Of course, you know, we, we work through it and get them to a good place, but it's never fun. Yeah. You know, like, like I said, this, this person that I saw, uh, I wouldn't have let them go cause I didn't have the relational capital there, but I feel like somebody will, will be doing that and moving them to a new role and they let him be there so long without feedback. That's going to be way harder. Yeah. You know? So, so what, what do you learn just as a leader um, in those moments? Uh, I mean, obviously you felt like you, you or somebody on your team felt like that they saw potential and then that potential doesn't, you know, present, mm-hmm. present a great communicator. So what, what is, what is kind of the takeaway for you in those moments? I feel like that's kind of like all leadership. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, I just feel like I'm, all of us, if we're good leaders, we're always on the hunt for who's, who's good and who to bring on our team. And we yeah. want the best people. Right. So um, I feel like that's my role in a lot of different ways, not just with the communicators is I'm always looking. I mean, and uh, it's, I I can be in an event or in a function and meet somebody and think, oh, you'd be such a good small group leader. Like it should be all of our, our drive and our heart, but uh, it's a risk that you always take, I guess, you know, whenever you're on the hunt. So I think as a leader, my takeaway is 
you should keep doing that. But you should also make sure in your own pace of life and your own, I guess, self-awareness that you are able to communicate feedback and truthfulness with kindness and compassion and a commitment to moving them to the right spot. And that means returning phone calls and meeting people for coffee and working through all of those things. And if you're personal schedule and time doesn't allow you to do it that way. Uh, I think that that is harmful to your ministry, you know? So I guess as a leader, that's my takeaway is keep, keep looking for the best, keep taking risks, but make sure that your personal schedule allows you to uh, walk through with the people that aren't going to make it to the position you were hoping for. One, uh, one of the big things that you, that that is different about the way that you uh, you guys use your communicators is in the name. You call them storytellers and uh-huh. not everybody does that. Talk to me about the intentionality of that. Um, well, what do other people call them? I think they just call them presenters or teachers, okay. master teachers, things okay. like that. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess because I feel like for children, our goal and our job is to take something that might feel out of touch to a child uh, and bring it to life in their eyes, which to me, that's a storyteller. Yeah. It's definitely not a presenter. Yeah. You know, I, in my mind, I feel a big difference between presenting something and bringing it to life for somebody, especially like, I mean, the Bible is, can be out of touch for children as far as it's a reading level they can't read. Mm-hmm. It is mm-hmm. hist- historically beyond them sometimes. It is, uh, there's so, it's sometimes information for hundreds of our kids are hearing for the first time. Um, so I think the intentionality behind storyteller is to say, uh, you know, there is something amazing about this parable, but it's a little bit complex and it's a little bit a, a principle or a truth that might be beyond a third grader or a yeah. second grader. Um, so your job is to take that script and to breathe life into it and to animate it and to help children not just hear something, but visually picture it and experience it and so I think maybe that is really more why, because I just think for children, especially, that is an important approach. That's awesome. I mean, obviously, I'm all about storytelling and yeah, and, yeah, and and, and um, explaining the narr- narrative uh-huh. of the gospel and how it all points to Jesus. So yeah, um, yeah, that, that's something that's been so attractive about the work that you guys have been doing in understanding uh, and being intentional about calling them storytellers. I love that. I, man, there's just so many good, um, points here that, uh, I think are not just, um, great to listen to, but extremely accessible, whether you are a church that serves 12,000 kids or a church that is a church plant and you serve eight kids. Um, cause we're all always looking for mm-hmm. people to help share the gospel to our kids just to kind of wrap things up. Talk to me about what you're watching or reading or, or who you're listening to, to make you better as a leader mm-hmm. of communicators. Well, um, I am, uh, working, I'm, I'm doing a lot of like developmental psychology. I'm reading really boring textbooks and, <laughs> uh, things like that right now. Because I'm really trying, yeah. uh, we're, we're working on kind of cracking a little bit the nut of approaching the new family that's coming towards us. And oh, okay. uh, I shouldn't say cracking the nut, but, but figuring out what, yeah. it, what in our ministry approach to children and families and parents uh, 
needs to change. Uh, I mean, a lot of us know this is the statistics about single parents, but by our database, we really know what, what they are in mm-hmm. our, um, with, with our children. And there's just so many different kinds of families that are, so that's a lot of what I'm actually reading right now. I'm taking some classes and, uh, doing, reading a lot of textbook type, uh, material and a lot of essays and written long form and listening to a lot of lectures because I'm just trying to write, learn what's current. So I'm trying not to read anything that's really older than 2016 uh, as far as research on this and 2015, because I, I really am trying to get a lot of current research on that. So that's, that's kind of where my head is right now, as far as like things that I'm doing that are outside uh, learning and growing uh, for me. No, that's awesome. All that does is it communicates to me that you are um, uh, seeking to understand the families that we are mm-hmm. um, teaching and communicating to and, and partnering yeah. with today. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I I feel like our families and our children are coming from different places that are more and more diverse every day, and we can't keep doing the same things we've always yeah, done to, so to, to reach them for sure. So That's awesome. Yeah. That's great. Well, I think that we have more than enough material um, for everybody to um, chew on and listen to again. I I just want to say thanks for taking your time. Um, And you you are so willing to be on the podcast. And I'm so thankful um, for our listeners because it just is going to, you know, uh, spread amongst all the other children's ministries out there and, and, and impact kids in just such a powerful way. And I'm so glad that we get to be a part of that together. Well, thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Okay. I'll talk to you soon. Hey, thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Kidman podcast. As I said, connect with us on iTunes and SoundCloud. And of course you can go to the ambushgroup.com and uh, connect with us there. See kids ministry projects we've worked on. I got a free blog on there, all about storytelling and uh, hopefully that'll help you out. All right. So until next time, Adam Bush over and out.